This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to open the voice gate yes it is our second episode in like two weeks this is like a world record for us but we had to come back on here and talk about kobe world and preview the unit survival league before john takes off goes to japan possibly never comes back because (laughs) because fuck america um but yeah I'm, i'm this is my last show before i uh take my big Japan trip to K seventeen. So if I sound distracted and like I'm vaguely 
thinking of something else. That's probably what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about all the izakai I'm going to go to. Oh. And all the all the wonderful Japanese beer I'm going to drink. Mm. That's really all I can think about right now. Um, how are you guys doing? I'm alive. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, we were talking about this in our illustrious pregame show that never makes air. Uh, the pregame I, show is better than the show, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, start a Patreon just for like our, 15, <laughs> our 10 minutes of banter ahead of time. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm doing all right over here. I've got a uh, final coming up on Tuesday. I've been doing a little bit more writing lately. Like I had that T Hawk piece up before uh, before Kobe World. That, that was really good. I yeah. want to say everybody should go go read Mike's T Hawk piece. It was fantastic. Yeah, and I like doing that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna probably I have like a nice two week break coming up. So I'm gonna at least get something going up up about the unit survival race i think is what they're calling it the race or the league over the next few weeks so and maybe I mean, some, it's league I'm not sure. yeah it's a league they can call it what they want but it's a league but uh so i'll have that going up over the next few days and maybe another like historical piece i have a couple floating around in my head that are going to see play. you you've gone all the way with the writing me i'm like i'm totally lazy with the writing but i'm doing like a million podcasts now so, I mean, I have another omakaze I'm recording tomorrow. So I'm recording two podcasts in two days, which is a little much probably. But as long as people keep listening to them, I guess I'll keep recording them. Um, what have you been up to, Milo? Well, uh, I had to sort out my visa um, because I'm also going to Japan, but I'm going for a year. Yeah, well, so you're, I'm, I'm incredibly jealous. <laughs> I'm going for, I'm well, going for I'm, two and I'm, a half I'm weeks. I'm going to be working as an au pair, so it's not like I'm going to be, like, fucking around Japan, like, for a year. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> but I'm sure you're still going to have plenty of time to go and enjoy yourself, right? Oh, I should. Yeah. I should have. And the funny thing is that I'm going to be living, like, 15 minutes away from where JoJo lives. Oh. Like, JoJo from, from the site. from Yeah, jo- JoJo Remy, everybody. Yeah. yeah. So that's also, really cool. Tokyo, he also does a uh, lot... God, Japan Audio Wrestling. Yeah. I, I listened yes. to the show, Jojo. I'm sorry. I, just, I couldn't remember if it was what the name of it was. But um, but yeah, Jojo is like one of the nicest people on the planet. He um, came through for me. I have to shout out to Jojo. Me and Moore and, Quinn, and my friend Quinlan wanted to go to the, the DDT Beer Garden Show of Shinjuku Face. But um, Diego, who is a wrestler in DDT, a foreign wrestler who speaks English. He deals with the English ticket requests. He couldn't come through for us and get us the uh, the DDT beer garden show. He only could get us the DNA beer garden show. So I had pretty much come to the conclusion that I wasn't going to, you know, I, I'd accepted the fact that I wasn't going to be able to go to the DDT one. And then they put extra tickets on sale. And since it's a Japanese site and none of us have Japanese addresses or credit cards, we couldn't buy them. But um, Jojo, even though he doesn't care about DDT at all, just went ahead and bought them for us. So, uh-huh. you know, thank you so much to Jojo. I know we have to pay him back, but still just that he's even willing to take the time and do that for us is just fantastic. So Jojo Remy, everybody, one of the real good guys of wrestling Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so excited to go to that show. It's with the, the fans pick the main event with like, they have like a random drawing with six dudes to put together a six grand tag match right there. Which is going to be exciting. Um, but that's DDT. This is not a DDT podcast. This is a Dragon Gate podcast. 
Um, so we should get into Dragon Gate talk. We'll waste a little bit less time than usual because we all got shit to do, everybody. Um, so Dragon Gate, of course, hosted their biggest show of the year, the Kobe World Show in Kobe. <laughs> um, it's actually called it's actually called Pro Wrestling Festival. Um, Dragon Gate Kobe Pro Wrestling Festival 2017. Everybody just calls it Kobe World because that's the name of the building. Um, it's the same building that New Japan runs, I think, only once a year for Destruction in Kobe. I, I could be wrong. They might run it another time. But those are really the only two companies that run it are New Japan Dragon Gate. It seats about, um, like, probably about 7,500, I would say. Now, of course, Dragon Gate <laughs> claims, claims attendance of 9,800. For this show because we have to get even higher every year but yeah realistically i think it seats somewhere in like the seven thousand range yeah i could even be wrong but i think it's like seven thousand it might top out at eight with floor seating but i think about 7500 to 7800 is the realistic attendance to be honest like yeah. if, even with dg not really doing much of a stage in comparison of other promotions like it's about 7500 and they sell it out yeah They've sold it out now for 15 straight years, but each year the number grows and grows and grows. <laughs> they keep luck, okay? They keep finding uh, extra space in the in the in, in like the the roof of the building, and they put on the stage. they put fans on the roof and they like they hollow out the roof and like you can look right down through the roof and see the and see the <laughs> ring. It's great seats. If you don't, if the wind might kill you, but great seats. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's Kobe World, everybody. That's Co- the Kobe World Keenan Hall, um, Keenan Hall, I should say. And this is the what? Nineteenth. Nineteenth straight because the first year they ran it was two thousand two thousand. No, it was ninety eight. Ninety eight. Wow. Okay. So I don't even. What the, what the hell was the ninety eight main event? Uh, that was the one. And I'm pulling this out of my ass, so I'm probably wrong, but I believe it's the one that had uh, Crazy Max versus, uh, no, no, it was not Crazy Max, it was Great Sasuke, uh, Shima Nobunaga, Sua versus Takamichinoku. Oh, so this is still the, the Sasuke Gumi period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's how fucking far back this goes jesus <laughs> but um yeah i don't i don't remember any of the really really early ones i the first one i really remember is probably like the 2001 yeah. but yeah i don't i don't really remember 98 or 99 that well um but yeah i mean the, so this has been this goes all the way back to toriumon days they always run this once a year uh, always always their biggest show of the year um we'll get into whether or not this year has lived up to that kind of history and billing despite despite the yeah. despite the match quality because i don't, I don't, I don't know john did it and we'll let's we'll, we'll get to it let's let's leave them leave them wanting something here all right the opening match though the dark match actually was the battle of the boys the boys explode exploding boys let's hear it for <laughs> the boys let's hear it for the boys the boys <laughs> are back in town the town called kobe Oh my god, John! John's losing their mind. <laughs> Jagic Boy beat Sachioko Boy in three sixteen with a diving body press. Truly a match worthy of being the boy battle. Um, anybody have any thoughts on this epic boy battle? No. 
<laughs> I didn't get to see it. I saw it. It was yeah. It was, a- it was there. I mean, I always liked seeing Drastic Boy, and since uh, it looks like that Flamita's gone away for a bit, I hope he comes back. But I mean, it was a three-minute dark match. So, like, other than him, like, like hitting a frog splash, yeah, like <laughs> the boy battle. What a what a match! A match no one in attendance will ever forget. Hey, the boy battle. Shachi had new gear. Like wow, that. for three minutes. Like, did you notice for that, three... John? Well, look, because it's a boy battle. He knew he had to. He had to come out and you know, and he had, he had to give the give the fans something big, something worthy of being the for the boy battle. So there you go. Sachi knew what a big bastard was. I, I think um. we should stop talking about it here so we don't talk about it longer than how long the match was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the real opener. Masaki Mochizuki, Don Fuji, Jimmy Kanda, Jimmy Kness, JKS, defeating Kaito Ishida, Yuki Yoshioka, Shun Skywalker, and Hio Watanabe. 821, Mochizuki pinning Ishida with the Shin Saikyo high kick. That was very surprising to me. Yeah, of all the people to get pinned this match, you wouldn't think it would be Ishida, but yeah. I guess they're, tell- they're telling the story that like he just came back from Ring Rust, and he has Ring Rust still, probably. Um, I don't know, what do you guys think of this? I enjoyed it. It was it was a fun eight-minute t- opener. I, listen. There is nothing I love more in wrestling than old than old guys beating down the, the young dragons or the young lions or the young whatever, right? Like, there's nothing better than veterans putting the young guys in their place. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, a true. It's just a fact of life. There is nothing better. It, I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought about it. It was good. I liked it. I don't really have a lot else to say about it, though. I, I would like to point out something. Astute listeners may remember that I called that someone was going to get hit in the nuts. And not only did someone get hit in the nuts, they got hit in the nuts twice. <laughs> I, but I, lo- I liked it. It was fun. Like, I like watching like these kind of matches. And I really, I'm probably someone who watches the openers with a lot more focus than other people. Because I like seeing how these guys kind of grow. And... Uh, this is like the most I've seen out of Yoshioka so far, and I thought that like he had a really good like delayed brain buster that was pretty sweet, and it was a uh, it was fun. Like I uh, like Milo, I I love seeing some generational violence, so I was down with yeah. this. It was yeah. it, it was a didn't good opener. Have, didn't Yoshioka have new pants too? They they were still bad. I mean, like the, the I liked them. The cut and the style is still bad, but I think the color scheme was a little better. Leave yeah. my boy alone. Yeah, the, like the, he's the not gonna win. He's not gonna win the best dressed award for for this Kobe World because we all know who that goes to. But, but yeah, that was a slight improvement, mm-hmm. just, just slight. So after the match, Stalker Ichikawa came out. <laughs> he wanted to know why these young punks have a match, but there was no spot for a legend like him. Uh, Mochizuki basically was like, do you know what legend means, buddy? <laughs> and then he was like, if you want a match, you can choose from any of the eight in the ring. Ichikawa chose Yoshioka first. The crowd like 
would like act like that was a wet fart, basically. Um, Mochizuki warned him that he'd probably lose to him. So he's like, do you really want to lose to Yoshioka in front of this many people? So then Stalker picked Mochi. We got an awesome three-and-a-half-minute Mochi soccer match. Uh, this this might have been my favorite thing on the show, sadly. Like, I love this little match. I, I mean, I love Stalker, and him fighting Mochizuki is always a good time. And he actually got, like, some hope spots and, you know, got he hit his ger- he hit the German at one point. Yeah, he got the Inner Bauer. Like, yeah. yeah so, he, like, failed it. he failed it a couple times, he, though. He failed it at the end, which ended up with him getting pinned. But he did hit the Inner Bauer at one point, which is awesome. Um, but, yeah, this was so fun. And I had a – it was the greatest three and a half minutes of the show. I had a great time. Yeah, it was a blast. Like, I... I feel like this really sets the tone for what we thought about Kobe World when the best time on the show was a <laughs> comedy match. But, you know, I, I'm just saying. I, I think I'm higher on the show than y'all are, but I thought this was fun. Like, I dug it. I, I always dig, like, the, the stalker and the comedy matches that happen, and I was kind of wondering, like, when we were talking about the pre... when we did our preview about what was going to happen... And because, like, usually there's a big outsider, and usually the outsider's either matched up against the old guys, or they're matched up against Stalker, so instead we throw, we have, like, a quick little, like, Mochizuki match, and there was, there was a lot of, like, fun stuff there, like, it's, I, I, I'm really, I think Stalker is one of the best comedy workers of all time, like, oh, yeah, like, he, uh, like, there's no, no question about it. Yeah, like I, I know Joe Lanza is very anti-comedy, but very pro-Stalker Ichikawa, and I, and I'm kind of, and, and I have to agree. Like Stalker is just so good with this. Like he always does new things, so it's not like Toriano who does the same kind of shit. Like I love Yano, but he does the same stuff. Like Stalker I'm I'm, I'm gonna jump to that things. computer and fight you, buddy. I love Yano. I will I, I will not hear any Yano slander on my podcast. Thank you. Um, it's our podcast, but still, no Yano slander. I, I said I loved Yano, Honestly, but he's not inventive. Honestly, I have seen a like I have seen a lot of stupid shit on wrestling Twitter, but I really did not think that Toru Yano was the hill that people wanted to die on. <laughs> uh, I like Yano. I don't care. We all like Yano, but Stalker's better. That's all I'm trying I mean, to say. I don't, but I'm not about to fight people over it. Stalker is better. I, I agree. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so match two. The open the trial gate number one contender tournament first round. Uh, remember all two count rules in this, which I, I have some words on. Let's save it for a sec. Katoka, Big R Shimizu, Benkei of Maximum defeat Gamma, Ata, and Takahiro Yamamura. Katoka pinning Ata in 705 with the La Magistral. And don't you forget it! <laughs> Milo was, of course, very excited, but yeah, it was. It, it, this was a really fun little seven minute match. Okay, here's the problem I have the two count rules. There's too many moves where it's hard for me to buy that you really can't get a two count, and it takes me out of the match. I get the idea that, okay, wrestlers normally conserve energy maybe and wait until after two to kick out, but from a kayfabe perspective, there's like a lot of moves, like finishers sometimes, mm-hmm. where where I'm like, well, you you really should at least be able to get two count with that. So that can take me out of these matches a little bit. That's my one complaint. I still really enjoyed them, and I still think this tournament actually like, you know, it kind of saved the show in that they at least gave us a, a fun undercard, even though at the same time it was a pointless undercard, and that none of these matches really 
meant anything at all except for the, the last one, I guess you could argue. But, um, I mean, I think given what has gone on this year and how little was built for the show, which, again, is their fault, is their fault. So that's – like the build for the show, I think, is the biggest problem with the show. Not so much the show itself, but the build for the show has been non-existent all year – like as far as setting up matches. And there's one in particular that's really egregious about it that we'll get to. But – um the build for the show was really bad. Was really really bad, and it made the show not feel as epic as most other Kobe worlds, which is my main complaint with it. But as far as the matches itself, if you if you can get past the two count thing, which again, on, on some levels I think it's really exciting, and on some levels, on some level it actually kind of annoys me. So it kind of sort of evens out, I guess. But um, yeah, that's my thing on two counts. It's. Very weird. I don't. I, think, I don't. I don't hate it, but I the logical the logical like from a logical standpoint, it does bother me a little bit. I like. I, I'll I, I'll defend the two count because for how this tournament was built up, like like it made total sense why if these t- challenger teams if they had a full tournament, it j- it just in all rationality. The, then the Triangle Gate t- Championship match should have been like a five minute match. Well, no, no, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why yeah. why you would book it. I'm saying from an internal match logic standpoint, it sometimes bothers me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, I feel like that. That's why I like that. All the all the finishing maneuvers on this were all pin combinations throughout the tournament. So, yeah. like, it makes sense to me. Like, this was actually my favorite match of the undercard of everything before intermission. Like, I really enjoyed it. I love, I love the lads, as I call young. I think young Maxim are the lads. I thought that was, I thought this was great match. Like, it's. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Then I made note of it. This was the earliest I've seen support flags for anyone. Like, mm-hmm. they had support flags out for Binke during the entrance, and that doesn't happen this this quickly. Like that. Like, that's something that really stuck out at me, like, before the show. And Binke isn't a Kobe native, so it's not, like, locals. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Where is where is his, where is his big ass from? I think he... I want to say he's from Aichi. Really? I'm looking it up right now. But, yeah. I, I like this match. It was my favorite match of the undercard. Cool. Um, In he, he's, from, he's from Chiba, actually. Chiba. Ah, yeah, so so very close to Tokyo. People don't know what that is. Well, actually, no. It depends on where in Chiba, but it's like the next. It's the next prefecture over from Tokyo, like to the to the east, I yeah. think. So, uh, what were you gonna say, Milo? <laughs> I've been trying to speak for like five minutes. All right, sorry, sorry. We got um, off of tangents. No, um, I mean, I wanted to. I feel this always happens with. <laughs> I always want to say something, and then when I get to actually saying it, it's not relevant anymore. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to say um, about the two count rules. Uh, I felt like it worked a lot better for this match than for the next one. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. And I feel like it's maybe like they do too much in the next one. I think. Do, I do you think? I think they didn't do enough. Oh, okay. Or they did it too slowly. Mm. But I think that was really my problem. Is that this match, uh, Young Maximum versus Over Generation, really had the pace that I felt was necessary to work with two count rules. While we're kind of just going to segue into that, um, I felt that Jimmy's versus uh, Tribe Vanguard was just a little bit like too slow. 
Well, it, first of all, it went way longer. It went almost 12 minutes. And second of all, what I meant by, like, they did too much, I just thought they kicked that away too much in a mm-hmm. two-count match. And, like, mm-hmm. um, there were a couple things. I think, like, like assuming with the with the Jumbo Nokachis, I think a couple times people kicked out of it at one, which I'm like, should you really be kicking out of his, like, one of his finishers at one like this? I, that might have been the one that bothered me the most, actually. That Susumu's Jumbo Nokachi couldn't keep people down for more than one count. Um, but okay, so the, the actual result was uh, the Jimmys, Jimmy Susumu, Genki Horiguchi, and Ryu Jimmy Saito defeating BB Hulk, KZ, and Yosuke Santa Maria, a tri Vanguard, Genki pinning BB Hulk in 11.53 with the backslide from heaven. The result is fine. The backslide absolutely should be able to get a two count. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I like go getting there was what I had a more a big pro- bigger problem with. Just mostly I, I just remember Jimmy Suzumu hitting a couple Jumbo no Kachis and people kicking out at one, which I, that that one really just bothered me. But yeah, I see I do see what you mean though, Milo. That it just it was just, it, the match pace itself was too slow. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense too. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the match, Milo? On um, the set, the um, Jimmy's versus Tribe Vandar, right? Yeah, since we kind of we kind of transitioned to that, so. Um, well, I have to say one thing first of all that has nothing to do with the match. Uh, Maria wins best dressed by a thousand miles. Yeah, she was, she she did look adorable. She looked great. She looked so great. I don't know what Casey did to his hair though. Um, <laughs> he, like it, he looked really bad and that's really a, like a downgrade for him who was like best dressed at Kobe World last year but um, yeah so Maria looked adorable so I'm glad we got that out of the way um, but yeah no the really my I, I didn't I didn't really enjoy this match and it's really hard for me because I, I try to stay positive when it comes to Tribe Vanguard and um, Hulk especially because I feel like he takes um, a lot of the criticism that's directed towards that unit. You know, some of it I think is fair. Some of it I think is not. But, um, yeah, I just – especially coming after the other um, semifinal match, it felt like it dragged. Like yeah. that's really my takeaway from it is that, that the you know, the other, the other semifinal um, – I felt had a much better, uh, like a pace that was much better suited to two count rules. And um, I was much more into it. And this one was just kind of like, they're just like taking their time, I felt. And they shouldn't have been because the entire story was that you, because it's two count rules, you want to get the win as quickly as possible. So you're, you're, um, you're, um, words are failing me right now, of course. Um, no, 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 uh, that's not what I want to say. You're, um, <sighs> you're not tired right. when you get to yeah, like, the first match of the ma- Yeah, you're as fresh as possible, right? That's yeah. what I wanted to say. Thank you. <laughs> uh, when this, this is a good time to remind our listeners that English is not my first language. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, by the, um, so yeah, you know, the, the, the whole thing about the tournament and the two count rules was that. You know, you wanted the challengers when you get to the eventual title match to be, I guess, as fresh as possible. And you should the the challengers themselves should want to be as fresh as possible. And this match just dragged on and on and on. And it went like you said, 12 minutes. It felt like so much more than that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's sadly what I thought about it. Yeah, Yeah, I I definitely agree that was the inferior of the two. 
first round matches by a mile. I thought this was the worst match on the show, to be honest. Like, excluding... Mm. I'm, I'm saving that. I'm saving that for... I'm just, I'm just talking about r- match work-wise. Like, ring work-wise. I thought this was the worst match on the show. Because it, it, it... Like, Milo is absolutely right. This was a 12 and a half... This was a 12-minute match that felt closer to, like, 25 minutes of how slow they wrestled it. And... There were some there were some things that I kind of liked about it. Like I love I I like we'll get into this more when we talk about the finals, but this show was really like the star of the show was Ginky Horiguchi. Like like let's call a spade a spade. Like he was the most over person by the end of the night. But uh it just to be honest, I thought this match sucked. Like I didn't like it at all. And uh and, and not to be mean towards Hulk, I felt like Hulk was pretty bad <laughs> during the match like he was selling really weird and it just wasn't it just didn't like click with me and it just didn't work at all for me like i didn't like this match at all i hated it <laughs> just out of ring work wise we can get into why we dislike other things later but ring work wise i thought this was the worst match of the show but yeah someone being chased by like what the motorcycle what the hell was that uh, I live right next to an airport. Did you have, oh. you have you all never noticed that I have like planes flying over my uh, the the compound every once in a while? Like I live right next to a private airport. No, so, I don't. I don't understand that. Yeah, so people are. It's a nice sunny day, so people are out flying planes and I guess practicing their maneuvers. So. That's what I heard. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I should. I guess I should have realized that was a plane. I mean, it could have been a motorcycle with with stuff around here. Who knows? But yeah, it was a plane. So up next, the Open the Brave Gate Championship match: Jimmy Kagatura defeating Flamita in fourteen thirty five with the Gurama Gurama Kakari. Um, I have thoughts on this. Okay, first of all, <laughs> this match is the perfect example of Kobe World not being built up very well this year. This is the third fucking time Fumita has come back and randomly been like, hey, Brave Gate shot. I was champion, I didn't lose my belt. Okay, that works the first time. Okay, which when he when he came back and challenged Tozawa two fucking years ago, that made sense. The second time when he challenged Ata last year, I'll even give that one a pass because Ata and Flamita had the personal history. It's like, oh, we both are the millennials. We got to see who's who's better. What the fuck does Flamita have to do with Jimmy Kagatora? Absolutely nothing is the answer. Why is he getting another Brave Gate title shot despite being gone for like six months? What has he done to earn this title shot? It's just it's them relying on this lazy trope of all oh, Flamita's the Brave Gate challenger because he didn't lose his belt before. It fucking sucks. The crowd didn't give a single fucking shit about this match at all. And the fact that it had no build at all is probably a huge reason why. And I thought this was probably the worst match on the show. I only gave this three stars. I Some people I know liked it better, but I thought it was flat. I didn't enjoy it at all. The crowd sat on their hands the entire time. Um, I gave it three yeah, stars. Yeah, that that's what really bothered me. I gave it three stars for the crowd, like for them, for like them being doing some technically sound stuff, and uh, I think they only messed up like one spot that I remember. But like, it just 
It just wasn't that good, and we, we have to move past this fucking trope of Fumita coming back and immediately getting a Brave Gate shot. Find something else to do with the guy if you want to bring him back. This is the epitome of the lazy-ass booking in 2017. There's no <sighs> reason to put this match together. It, it's just Again, it's another example of a match on this show having no build at all. It's your biggest show of the year, and it has no build. Nothing. Didn't make any sense to put this match together. It should have been KZ. That was the fucking... That that would have actually had heat and would have been built up by the last few months of Dragon Gate and said it was fucking Flamita for no reason. Yamamura. Sorry. What? Should have been Yamamura. Oh. Or Yamamura. Anybody. Anybody who's actually been in Dragon Gate and doing things this year would have been a better pick than Flamita. God bless Flamita. He's great. But he, if this is all he's going to do in Dragon Gate is come back and challenge for the Brave Gate out of nowhere, lose, and then go away again, then I'm, I'm sick of it, okay? This sucks. I think Stop this, doing it. I think this might be it for Fumita and Dragon Gate for a while. From everything yeah. I've been seeing and, every, and his other bookings coming up, I don't know. If he comes back, it will probably be later this year towards Final Gate. So, so I, went, I ranted and raved. Anybody else have any thoughts on this match? Uh... I thought the head scissors to the floor was just mean. I love that spot. <laughs> that was probably my favorite part of the match. Uh, I felt something was up with Flamita, like physically. Like I, uh, I only I went three on it as well, John. Uh, it, it felt slow. It picked up towards the end, and something really seemed like like, like now that we've we've all pretty much seen Flamita, the most of Flamita's career from like millennials and now like we've had a pretty good like four-year exposure to him right and this felt like maybe his worst match to me so i felt like there might have been something physically up so yeah i it was i i agree with the build stuff i felt like it should be yamamura because you could have had the uh, rubber match between the uh, first the first title defense and then yamamura got a pin on him during the king of gate tournament that would have made sense for him to be the next challenger but yeah there was no build uh I hope Flamita does well in his overseas stuff. I hope he does well at Bola. I think he'd. I think we need a break from Flamita unless he has a purpose. Like he's not. Like we'll get into this later. He's not booked for any of the uh, Unit Survival League matches. So, yeah. What do you think, uh, Milo? I re- I really like. <sighs> okay, first of all, I agree with you, John. Um, I mean, everyone knows that I was really disappointed at KZ not getting the title shot, but like the thing with Flamita is that he's someone who I have this, I mean in his current role in Dragon Gate and because I can't be like, I can't, I can't like allow myself to have double standards anymore about this in his current role in Dragon Gate. He really reminds me of a lot of the Daijin that a lot of the the foreigners that are in um, in like companies like New Japan or DDT, you know, guys like Mike. I mean, Mike Bailey, guys like uh, Chase Owens, maybe guys like. This has nothing to do with talent, by the way, right? Because um, <laughs> I would not put Chase Owens in the same league as Flamita. Um, Hot take right there. <laughs> but yeah, um, my problem is. And this is really the problem that I've always had and that people have always told me, oh, you're, you're an idiot for thinking this. And I think the best 
comparison would probably be Will Ospreay, um, is guy who is not. I mean, and, and you know, I I know Will Ospreay is signed, but honestly, he shows up in New Japan so little, even though he is signed, that I think he's a good comparison. Um, in that he's the kind of guy that um, just comes in and gets gets title shots for no reasons. Like, the, his debut in New Japan was literally that, and I think I made a lot of enemies talking about it um, back then. But, um, so yeah, for me, Flamita is a little, a little bit in that kind of, the same kind of situation, um, even though, he, you know, he does have that history with Dragon Gate. But now he's just kind of that guy who walks in, gets a title shot for no reason, and I don't think that's fair to any of the guys that bust their asses year-round in the company. And, you know, if you want to take the comparison even a little closer to home, it's kind of like Peter Casa showing up last year and getting two fucking Triangle Gate shots. Well, see, in, in general, I would I, the Triangle Gate will bother me a lot less. Like, if Flamita came back, came in every year, and was teaming with Tribe Vanguard to, to get Triangle Gate shots, it's like, well, at least he's teamed with Japanese people, and, you know, there's six spots in this match. He's taken one of six spots. Or it's nine. just a fucking... Or, or nine, yeah. There's this fucking Brave Gate title, though, where it's like there's two spots in the match, you're taking one of them. It's just, I don't know. That bothers me way more. But mm. And kind of going off of what Milo said, like, Dragon Gate used to be so much better about incorporating their gaijin. Like, yes. Like, the, like that was a, like, the, this problem has been something been really developing since, uh, since Fulmina dropped the Brave Gate or did or got the Brave Gate stripped from him, because like for the longest time, like the way that they built people up as Gaijin was so much better. Like Uha Nation, like Apollo Crews Uha Nation, like he was built up more in a way so that so that by the time he got his farewell Dreamgate shot, like it was built up well, and everyone's like, yeah, no, it makes sense for that. Mm-hmm. And then like even for going further back, Pac, like Pac is like the perfect example because he was someone that was in the dojo for years before he started to get built up, built up, and then he ended up probably having one of the best, if not the best, breakgate reigns of all time. So, it's just frustrating, and I think that kind of goes to a little bit that I hope while the Dragon Gate guys are in Britain next month that they scout out some new guys, because I like, I love Flamita. I think, as I said earlier, I don't think we'll be seeing much more of them. Jurassic Boy has been good in what we've seen, but it's probably about time that we get some fresh blood on that end. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'd be totally cool with them just not having any Gaijin for a while. Yeah, the me, roster, me too. I mean, the roster so the roster so fucking big, and they have all these kids that they can barely get on the show. Like, let's just let's just not book any Gaijin for a while. Let's go back to that. I mean, Dragon Gate used to have no Gaijin. Toriyaman used to have no Gaijin. Why do we got? We don't have to have Gaijin. I. I mean, with how the roster is, I agree with you, but I feel like it's one of the things that there's a lot of people, at least, that have gotten great success from going from Dragon Gate and have contributed a lot to the company that I might be the one out on a ledge, out on a limb here, but, like, there's a lot of guys in the UK, I feel like, that if they impress next month, I'd be totally okay do with you, them taking up a spot. Do you do you watch British wrestling? Is that... Yes. Okay, so that's probably why because I don't watch anything other than Japanese wrestling at this point. The only guys that uh, the only the only foreigners I would accept in Dragon Gate at this point is just CCK. That's because I, I, I know that because I know that they because I know that they because I know that they would want to be there. Yeah, yeah, CCK would fit like whatever. Uh, 
a new heel unit would be, they would be a great Gaijin tag team with that heel unit. Like, they, but, they'd be tremendous. But, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I just... So, I, I the other night when I was at my dad's and nothing to do, I watched most of the the first Korokin from 2004 mm-hmm. with, the, with the Mochizuki heel turn in the main event, which, unfortunately... It was a great heel turn, but it leads to, it leads to crap. And then mm-hmm. an awesome Milano Yoshino against... Um, Doi and Super Season Tag. But the point I'm trying to make here is there were no guys on the show. I didn't fucking miss them. So just let's just keep the guys in away as far as I'm concerned. I, I um, think there's a lot that could contribute. I think that I'm the one that's probably again I'm I'm on the le- I'm on the limb here, but I feel like that there's ones that could work, but with the roster size, I'd be okay with them maybe holding out for the rest of this year into next year without any though. It's like it's like we're the left right scale here and Michael is uh pro Dragon Gate immigration and I'm the the reactionary dra- <laughs> reactionary Dragon Gate nationalist here. It's like keep the keep the borders Dragon Gate closed. <laughs> Let the best boys in. Let the best boys in. Um all right. So match 5, the open the Triangle Gate number 1 contender. Wait, I didn't even get to yeah. the Oh. Match. Okay. No, I thought the I thought the match wasn't really good. Okay, and it, no, it's I, I was very disappointed because I think that Kajitora and Flamita are guys that are like very much at the top of their respective styles, and there was just something wrong. Like I don't know, it just some I don't know if it was like Flamita wasn't feeling okay. Like a lot of people have theorized, or like I don't know, it was just off, and it's really sad because I feel like a lot of Brave Gate matches have been off lately. Yeah, like, yeah. like there's a, there's a curse on this title. It's not the Triangle Gate curse anymore; it's the Brave Gate curse. Yeah, yeah. Like the last, like the Yamamura match probably was the best Brave Gate match since uh, Santa Maria's reign, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, match five: the Open the Triangle Gate Number One Contender Tournament Finals. The Jimmys, Jimmy Susumu, Genki Horiguchi, Ryujimi Saito defeating Katoka. Bigar Shimizu and Ben K. 1046. Genki pins Shimizu with the backslide from heaven. Um, this was good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the Maxim vs. Overgeneration one, but I still thought it was a it was a fun it was a fun match. Um, again, though, this is another match where they went a little overboard with like Susumu lariats and stuff, like not only getting one counts. Going which for I, submissions, which, which takes me out of it. Match. Yeah, going for submissions, a two count match, also very weird. I don't know why you do that. Yeah. Um, the oh god, let me think of what else I was going to say. The, so, the, so the Jimmy's a maximum. This ended up being kind of like a like an extra match, I guess, after the blow off of the, the at the last Kirk. And I, I figured it was going to go down this way with since Maximum won the blow off at Kirk and the Nanyo elimination match, Jimmy's would get a win back here in the tournament finals. Um, it was it was very good, I, I like I said just a few minor complaints. Um, I'm, I'm ha- it probably was like the most heated uh, as far as like having an actual issue on the entire fucking show, which is ridiculous considering it's a, fi- a tournament final. We didn't even know for sure it was going to happen, but um, yeah, it, it, you could you could make a legitimate argument. This is the only match in the show that had an actual issue behind it, which is insane for your biggest show of the year. Again, total failure on Dragon Gate's part to build up for by building up the show. Um, but yeah, it was good though. Anyone else? 
Um, I wish Maximum had won. I was okay with the Jimmy's winning because I knew they were going to job. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they I are... Mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. You know what? Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm glad Maximum didn't win because if I had to watch Maximum lose to Berserk, I probably would have killed someone. And the only person I was with was uh, VK and he doesn't deserve that. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that back. <laughs> I do want Maximum to kill Berserk eventually, though. I, like... For me, like, a lot of stuff that John said, I agree with. Like, doing like doing submissions in a two-count match, other than, like, the fact that you already have hatred between the two, so you're going to want to make them hurt. Like, that makes sense, like, in, like, a feuding aspect, but make, does not make sense in the matcha stipulations aspect. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but Big R's, like, top rope sm- splash where he just falls flat is my favorite thing ever, and I'll fight people if they don't like it. Like, I love it each time he does that. And it had a real hot finish. And it wasn't my favorite match of the tournament. Like, I think I'm with you all. My The best match was the Young Maximum versus Overgeneration one. But it was it was good. Like, I, it was more getting Ginky fired up. And with what happened in the Triangle Gate match, that was really important. So, yeah. Um, but that was the number one contender tournament. Like I said, the tournament itself probably did save this show as far as giving it a a good undercard, at least, especially since I just liked the Brave Gate match so much. But, um, you know, it was good. After that, we had intermission. We came back from intermission with the Triangle Gate title match. uh, I'd like to also quickly apologize to Joe Lanza for triggering him with the word intermission. Very sorry. (laughs) Um, then we have the Triangle Gate title match. Shingo Takagi, Takashi Yoshida, Elden Demand, defeating Jimmy Susumu, Genki Horiguchi, and Ryu Jimmy Saito. 2014, Shingo pinning Susumu with the last falconry, their first defense. This was awesome. Um, it's right up there, I think, for one of my favorite matches on the show with, uh, with the, 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 the soccer match. I gave this four stars flat. I, th- I thought this was really good. Um, not on the level of like the legendary um, Triangle Gate title matches, but a very good match. I thought excellent match. Uh, uh, I got there's one thing we have to say really before getting the match. And Milo, you're the person who made me aware of it. What's up with his <laughs> face paint? Like, what's going on there? Like his his dad and his uncle, who looks a lot like Alex Jones, took up. I, I've now seen like photos of Yoshida right next to Alex Jones. I can't unsee it. Like it's a thing. But Lindemann's face paint. Like I know why they need to face paint him because he's too much of a cutie pie. Like he needs something to make him like not look like a little kid playing bad guy. But it was bad. Like I thought it was horrible. Like Milo, what did you think of the face paint? I, I've already said what I think. He looks like the ghost of Daryl. <laughs> he's the ghost of Daryl. Daryl never forget, but yeah, uh, I, we really had to talk about how great Genki Horiguchi was in this match. Genki stripped. Genki, it was the night that Genki stripped in Kenan Hall. Oh my god! Whenever he takes his shirt off, it is a big deal. Like you know, he's he means fucking business. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should we need, we we should um we should clarify by the clarify for the people at home who maybe haven't seen this yet or whatever. This was regular three count rolls. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, but like Genki Strip, like he had no, zero chill, and that was tremendous. Like, I I'm extremely here for whenever Genki just decides he loses and takes off his shirt. Like he like that was like the little bit of juice that got this match from being very good to great with me. It was just his pure emotion. Like, I know that Shingo Takaki has a fucking boner for everything FMW-wise, so he was going to, like, pile-drive people and all of that through a table. But the Jimmies were great in this. Uh, uh, I've liked how Kong has kind of progressed without his mask now. Like, this is, like, one of the the first, like, big matches that, like, I feel like he's getting him... I think Yoshida's getting how to work without a mask. For someone who's worked with that with a match for like a decade, about thereabouts, but yeah, I went four and a quarter on it. I liked it. What did you think, Milo? It sucked. Okay. Oh well, no, reserve one, so it sucked, but it was a good match. Okay. I really uh, hate Scotty. I, I really wow. <laughs> no, I just I I thought it was great, but I was like. <sighs> I know this is like a really a thing that a, a lot of people don't really understand and I don't blame them because it's a really like it's a really weird way to see things and to like watch wrestling and stuff but I find it just really really hard to get into any match that Shingo's in like I just want him out of my computer screen and I just I just like I just want him gone so I'll be into the match because it was a good match but it was like at this point, I'm just really, really tired of Berserk. I'm really tired of Shindo Takadi, and I, I find myself having a really hard time caring about anything that they do. Okay. Um, so let's move on then to the semi-main. Open the Twin Gate title match. Shima and Dragon Kid defeating Naruki Dori and Masato Yoshino. Dragon Kid pitting Yoshino, or pitting Dori, actually, in 2137. That was with garbage. Dra- with Dragon Rana. All this right, was- uh, luck, luck, luck. I don't want to rant and rave about this. I said all I can say about this fucking title reign. I understand the people people out there like it. Um, you know, Jay likes it. Dan Galazzo Dan likes okay. it. So I, I don't want. Let's not let's not get political about it though. I mean, it's it is what it is. I don't I don't know if he really tweeted that as a a shot at people who said they don't like the reign. He claims he didn't. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. But as far as the match, as far as like Shimon Drag Kid retaining and taking over the record, yeah, it's obviously bullshit. It's fucking stupid and it's terrible because this rain is fucking sucked. They've, this was like, I like this match. I gave it like, I think three and three quarter or four stars or something. It was a good match um, other than like a kind of boring beginning. The fact that that's their second best match of the rain after the match where they won it, it's like the first good match they've had. In my opinion, anyway, since they fucking won the titles, it's ridiculous. And they just broke the record for the longest fucking reign. I, I said I'm not going to rant and rave. It, it sucks. Do it. Do I it. hate it. I hate it. It sucks. But I'm tired of being angry about it. I get the Shima and Dragon Kid are legends. I get it. They have no chemistry as partners. How they still have 0.0 chemistry as partners after eight fucking months of this fucking title reign. Okay, so no John, idea. John, 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 the problem is is that not only has it been eight fucking months of um, not only has it been eight fucking months of this title reign, but it's also been 20 fucking years of them wrestling each other or alongside each other. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's like you would think you would think that guys who have been wrestling each for give or take 20 years and who have always been wrestling in the same company, have wrestled each other countless times, have wrestled as partners probably also countless times. How do they, how do these guys not have better chemistry with each other? How does this fucking happen? Yeah, that's are surprising. They, are, like, you you got to wonder, are they even trying at this point? I, I think that they were trying. It's just something like some people just weirdly don't have chemistry. Like, and I think like that's it because I'm just going off the top of my head. I'm probably wrong with this. This is the fourth unit they've been in together. So maybe, oh, 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 let's let's count Blood Warriors. Um, before that, War- they, Warriors. Yeah, Warriors, Blood Warriors, um, Over Generation. What the fuck's the fourth? Team. Oh, Team, team Veteran. veteran. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and if you look at it, like while they were in those units, they never teamed together. Like other. Well, than, no, like, no, no. They they had one. They had a one-off title challenge where they came up with the CK one name. Yeah. Um. I think. Dur- I, I think that was during Team Veteran. Yeah, it um, was during Team Veteran. Yeah. And then and like, then, then Dragon Kid went on to win the tag titles with Kness. Yeah. Double but, Dragon. But then, had, but then they had to vacate them because Kness got injured. Which oh no, Dragon Kid got injured. For once, it wasn't Kness's fault. But I mean. Yeah. But yeah. Uh I they were also the Triangle Gate champions at the time too. So that was yeah. really bad. Uh I am known probably as the biggest Shima defender on the show and probably the biggest Shima fan on the show. And I'll admit it, I have my biases towards Shima, like and I usually am one of the people to defend him about certain things and there's certain things I can't defend him for. But uh this like this was the time to change the title. Like I understand that, like, going into the unit survival race, you want to have every unit to kind of have a title, and over generation, this was the title that realistically they could have had. So, like, they would have, like, everyone had belts and whatever and whatnot, but... Wait, but Maxim doesn't have... Maxim and Jimmy don't have a title. Jimmy's have the rave date. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Maxim, Maxim doesn't have a title. Well, someone's not going to have a title. And I, gonna, so why couldn't it be over generation? Because they're going to play up the fact that Big R Shimizu is bad luck for units. All right, well, it's, I, I think that's fucking stupid. Anyway, I, that's not, but, it's not a good excuse. But anyways, this was my favorite match on the show. I think it, it was the by far the best match of the CK1's reign. Uh, I went four and a half, and I it was the only match I felt like that had any chemistry on it. Uh, there were a couple spots that I really loved. Like, I, I've not seen a gif of this, and... I might have been hallucinating because it was 5 a.m. at night and I stayed up all night to watch the show, which is something I probably shouldn't do in the future. But the, there was a spot where where DK goes for Arana and Yoshino holds him upside down and Nuruki Doi bounces off the ropes and connects with the Bakatari sliding kick that I felt like was like the coolest thing in the world at 5 a.m. Like, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I also have a note that I think is only going to apply to probably me and Milo. They used the, the they used one of the themes from Terrace House as the promo video for this, <laughs> and it made me very very happy because I imagined the uh, commentators from Terrace House doing the narration for the video, and that would have made it better. Uh, it just like I don't get emotionally invested into too many matches, but I was on my feet during the Sol Naciente, like, and I was trying not to scream at my in my apartment that early in the morning. But, like, I emotionally bought into that, and that does not happen very often in matches. And if that match ended right then and there, I probably would go... I wouldn't give it five, but it would be my Dragon Gate match of the year. 
but it didn't happen. It sucks. Uh, I don't know who CK one's going to lose to now because there's like no teams, so that sucks. But yeah, it was a good enough match. Uh, I feel like the rain sucks still, and I feel like it's ridiculous. And there are stories about people leaving Kenan Hall after this match that I feel like should be noted. That like there were there was like fan frustration about this, so it's not just people writing on the internet. There is actually people in Japan who who are kind of tired of it as well. It's it's he, he, okay. He, he, he's Dor, Dor Yoshi, By the way, um, this is only the kind of thing that only a nerd like me is going to notice. They did not come out to the speed muscle. Um, mashup, no. Mashup, no. They only came out. Yeah, and had, I had to hear muscular countdown. Thank you very much. It had the. It just had the the Yoshino uh, speed star yell into muscular countdown, but it was not the real mashup. So I was very disappointed. That's a great bad song, the speed muscle mashup. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Th- okay. Well, Milo, you haven't got to say much. Go ahead before I before I say a couple more things about this. It was. It's just like. It's insulting. And I'm very happy to report that I did actually get a couple messages from people who are like, hey, maybe you're right about Shima having a huge fucking ego, right? So I just... (coughs) For me, there's no other explanation. Like, at this point... I don't care that it's like a, a glory run for the old for the older fans. I don't care that it's like two of the most iconic performers in the history of Dragon Gate. I don't give a shit about all those things. Like at some point, you can't have nostalgia overrun quality. Um, it's insulting that this rain took the record away from Yamador's reign, which was probably one of the best, if not the best in the history of the titles. Um, it's insulting that Speed Muscle lost this title challenge 10 years almost to the day that they created the fucking titles in the first place. Um, it's just so disappointing that it feels like Dragon Gate is taking an easy way out by just leaving the titles on two guys that are just supposedly popular. Well, um, they, to be fair, they are popular. It's just with a certain subset of fans. Like Yeah, Shima, the thing is that... Yeah, sorry, excuse me, go ahead. Yeah, like, I... And, like, to me, like, in Dragon Gate, like, you now pretty much have close to four different subsets of fans now and for the old fans and really to the public shima is the guy that people identify with dragon gate so and dragon kid is seen as as ultimo dragons like air Mm, yeah so like there, there is the appeal to that and uh i just like to propose something just like this is completely like string theory universe like in another world in another <laughs> universe but go with me on this for a second i just want to propose a sure. i just want to propose a situation here uh what if like like nothing happened to uh yoshino and he wasn't injured and what if it was doi yoshi coming into the uh coming into c- 
Kobe Hall with a kind of a lackluster reign and then CK1 run it, won it. Like, I feel like that that would be a much more interesting and a lot more acceptable reason to have the same result happen. Like, if CK1 was the one challenging the other people and yeah. doing, the, like, the, okay, the veterans can win again thing, like, at the big show. But, like, just having them defend the titles, yeah. Like, I, 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 I'm... I think I would have been okay with that. Yeah, like, I just as a hypothetical, I feel like that... It's just how things were built up to hear that I think that there's Thanks. so much frustration. See, you're you're talking, you're bringing up Yoshino being injured, and that's a really interesting point because another thing is that a big part of the reason why this year has felt like it's been stalling and stalling and stalling, and nothing has been really happening is that it's. I mean, that's how it feels to me anyway. Is that they they were no, waiting me too. Yeah, I think we're all they were waiting. Is that is that they were waiting all this time for Yoshino to come back? Mm-hmm. When he comes back, they do nothing with him. Well, at first it's understandable because because he had to get back into into ring shape basically, and they didn't know how much how well he could actually how much he could actually do. Mm-hmm. But it's clear now he can do a lot. So what the fuck are they waiting for now? Yeah. No. Like- yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. And another thing that I want to bring up um, regarding what Mike said about Shima being the guy that. Um, that a lot of people identify with Dragon Gate. Um, my problem is that Shima is like, he's what, 39? Something like that? Yeah. He um, just turned 38. Oh, okay. Well, 38, 39. I, 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 as a Shima nerd, I kind of obsessed with that kind of stuff. He, he's, a, he's, a young, he's a young guy for how, how long yeah. he's been around. Oh, no, I, I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm wrong. He turned 39. I thought he just okay, well, he's I mean, it's just one year. It's like Shima's been around forever anyway, so mm-hmm. he started wrestling when he was like 16, right? Yeah, started very young. He started very yeah. young, though his proper debut was in 97. He did backyarding. Okay. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. So Shima is the guy that a lot of people associate with Dragon Gate, which is totally understandable, right? He's a figurehead. He's the—I don't like making these comparisons because they're 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 wildly different situations. But he's the Tanahashi of Dragon Gate. Yeah. And I have the same problem with Shima that I have with Tanahashi, but to a lesser extent, I guess, um, with Tanahashi, is that Shima is the guy that everybody associates with Dragon Gate. But he's 39 years old. He's done virtually everything that he could do in Dragon Gate. I think like the only thing he hasn't done is win King of Gate, right? I think he hasn't won that. Nope. He, yeah, he has won a predecessor to it. Like he won an El Numero Uno, but he's not won yeah. King of Gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. My problem is Shima's the guy that a lot of people associate with Dragon Gate, but he can't be that forever. At one at what point do we start thinking about moving past Shima in the way that New Japan are try, you know have been trying to move past Tanahashi for so many years with Okada well they have though like in comparison to like Shima isn't the person that like this isn't 2011 2012 where he's on top and like on top of every show like like Tanahashi he's taking a step back to the now he's only like he gets like his random title shot once every few years and he's just doing tag work so i feel like they're kind of similar in that way Mm. like the and actually this is kind of one of the things about my article that i kind of get into is that shima's been always been like the safe choice of things fail 
for Dragon Gate yeah. for so long. And they're now going to get to a point where he's going to turn 40. And and he's his last stream, his last stream gate reign was insufferable, by the way. It was especially by, by the end that la- the first year was fine. That second year, including when he beat like Shingo and Hulk in, in the fucking same match and final game and all that shit, that fucking sucked. Yeah, <laughs> the, but, but like he's already taken a step back, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like that's the one thing that I'm kind of concerned about with the unit survival league in a way is that. I think that over generations somehow going to either lose or change because of it. And over generation was a good place to have Shima because he isn't overshadowing the guys on the top of the card. He just does tag works and he's someone that really likes working with younger and international wrestlers. So he gets to kind of give people a little bit of a rub in that way. What's going to happen over generations gone. Yeah. Who knows? So, all right. So I want to talk about so one wait, more. Wait, wait. Oh, Okay. Sorry, I just <laughs> I feel like we'll always have counter arguments for each other on this subject, Mike. Is that you say Shima is a little bit like the safe guy, right? Mm-hmm. Every company has a safe guy. You know, Big Japan has Sekimoto. New Japan have Tanahashi. DDT have Harashima, and that's something that I've been very critical of. Not as much as I've been critical of Shima, but I have been. And my problem is that Big Japan, New Japan, DDT are all companies that have taken, you know, steps of ver- at varying degrees to kind of try and move past that kind of fail, uh, fail safe guy. Oh, wait, I don't know I if don't I agree s- with that. Didn't Sekimoto and Harashima are both just champion? What? Oh, Sekimoto and Harashima have both been champion this year. Yeah, but at least they have Takashita now in DDT, right? Yeah, but and to be fair, and, Dragon Gate like he and, has taken and, a setback though. I, I I think that he has. Like like, would you rather him like, yeah, not but, be around any titles that, at all? Yeah, the thing is that I I see these other and and like I see the these other companies taking steps with guys like like you know Kamitani didn't necessarily work the way that they wanted him to, but they took the chance, right? Um, and DDT is like taking maybe more chances with, uh, with Takashita, even though there was this whole kind of bullshit with Harashima being champion again, but I don't see Dragon Gate really taking the same kind of, uh, I don't want to say risk because I feel like the risk has been taken, you know, giving T-Hawk another Kobe world main event, but, um, taking the, like trying to create the same kind of thing. Uh, in that, you know, there's Shima and Dragon Kid, but there's also like Yamato is 36 years old and he's been around for a while now. Um, and the guys that have challenged him for this reign, like throughout this reign, have been guys that have been around for a while now. Um, and that are that are all like in their in their mid 30s. Um, and I don't like that's my biggest problem with Dragon Gate. And people will always tell me that, oh, you know, they shouldn't rush things and they're building things and stuff like that. But at some point, you just kind of want things to happen, like anything. Yeah. I just want things to happen. And and that's a real interesting point about like Yamato, Doi, and Yoshino and Hulk. They're all in their mid thirties. And to me, this is kind of goes me being the historian that I like to be. This kind of goes back to how there wasn't really anyone after 
you know, after that age get gap, other than Tazawa, because Tazawa is thirty one. Tazawa would have been that bridge person. Like that's true. So, that's true. Like, like there's a lot to be said, and and I always like kind of having these conversations because I know that that Milo, you come at from it from a different standpoint than I do, and and we both kind of have our own stakes here, and I always find it kind of interesting to talk about this because this is this is a fundamental thing about Dragon Gate is the future should be able to, but as we're going to get to with T Hawk. You, you know, he, I think we could fa- we could kind of at least for the next few years now put him in the failed ace category. So it's kind of it's going to be interesting. But talking about T Hawk, we should probably get into the main event. All right. Well, before we do that, I want to say one last thing about this this Twin Gate match. Now, on top of everything else, you can say whatever you want about the CK One Reign. Okay, this is a show. Or CK1, if you like them, if you dislike them, whatever. Put that aside. Let's say you fucking love CK1, all right? Mm-hmm. Even with that, even acknowledging that, this is a show that had no other title changes, okay? T-Hawk could not win the main event. There was, Missouri, no, title, there was no title changes on yeah. that show. Yeah. T-Hawk could not win the main event, okay? He just couldn't. Berserk needed to retain the Triumph Gate title because it would have looked stupid for them to lose to a team that just wrestled two matches. Fine. Bravegate, Flamita literally couldn't win either because he's leaving. So your only opportunity for a title change was here. You had a chance to create an actual fucking moment on your biggest show of the year where Yoshino comes back and he and Doi reunite and they win the Twin Gate. It would have been a heartwarming moment. The crowd was ready for it. It would have been a great moment for your fucking show. A memorable moment people would remember for a long fucking time. Instead... You had CK1 retain, which does not create a moment, which has nothing to do with really just keeps the stash pool going. You have all four titles retained on a show where nothing else of note really happened. A show that already had, a, as we've already established, had a major problem with the buildup, not feeling like an epic big, big show. So what ended up being the memorable moment of the show? The fucking post-match of the main event is the biggest argument you can make to set up the, to set up the, uh, the Survivor League. That ends up being the thing you remember the most out of the show, which is ridiculous and shows just how like fucking um, stagnant the, D- the Dragon Gate booking is and how they really missed the mark here by not having this title change to at least create one moment on your biggest show of the year that people would remember and people can point to. Instead, you had CK1 retain again. Whoop-de-fucking-do. <laughs> anyway. You know, it's funny because... One of the things that I really wanted to bring up was how the crowd really didn't seem like they were into much of anything at all. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a huge pro- issue when you look at what the buildup to the show was yeah. and how, and how and fucking I think, shitty 2017 has been. Yeah, it's been a bad year. Um, the crowd was really silent um, compared to a lot of other of a lot of other Kobe worlds. And like it didn't feel like the biggest show of the year at all and And ultimately ultimately like between the weird booking decisions the the lack of build-up um and the individual match quality i think my biggest problem with this show is that it and and i feel i mean i don't i can't put those things aside because those are the things that contributed to the overall feeling but it really did not feel like Kobe World. And that's the biggest disappointment. 
Yeah, yeah. I agree. It, yeah, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, like, off-air and a little bit on Twitter, a little bit other things, but I think this is something that's worth stating. And I was going to wait until after we were done talking about the show about this, but this is a better time to say than any. If you would take this card and put it at Gate of Destiny, Scandal Gate, Survival Gate. Yeah, this would have been a good V show. Yeah, like, like, and that's what it kind of boils down to. Like, the matches all, like, there was only one match that I felt like was a stinker. Everything else, like, I have at least three stars on. Like, top to bo- bottom, ring work-wise, this was a good show, but it was not the show. And that's what it boils down to, to me, is that this was not the show. And, you know, like, when Ginky Horiguchi was the most over person on the show because he was able... Because he did his callbacks and channeled the Divine in three matches instead of... The idea that T-Hawk finally getting one up or Yamato claiming that he was on top. Like, instead of, like, that, those being the top moments, when I think the top moment of the show was Ginky Horiguchi taking off his tank top. Like, <laughs> that's something, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so what I, what I would say, um, all right, so let's move on to the main event. Yep. The Open the Gene Gate title match, Yamato defeated T-Hawk in 29-16 with the Ragnarok. Um, it's a new, like, inverted swine that he originally had uh, come <laughs> up with. He had originally come up with to use on Shima, but he wasn't strong enough to do it. He just ended up kind of dropping po- poor Punch Tomonaga on his neck repeatedly. <laughs> but he's finally, he's finally, Yeah, he's finally strong enough to do it now, so that's why he debuted it. Uh, okay. The, my my biggest compliment for this match is it didn't feel like it went almost thirty minutes. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it flew by. Um, this was better than I expected. I think I gave it four flat. So um, I have to give T Hawk his due after I complained endlessly about this match. Now four flat is still not going to be in my upper echelon of world main events. Not even close. But it's still a very good match. Um, really nothing to complain about from a match quality standpoint. I'm happy they didn't go. Uh, especially given what else T-Hawk has done this year. I'm happy they didn't go crazy and have T-Hawk win this, at least. So, um, you know, I still think him winning Kangate and him getting this title shot was a mistake. And it it had a big a big, a big big feel of, you know, the show not mattering and T-Hawk not really mattering as a challenger. But at least um, the match itself was good. So, T-Hawk with that, you, you talked about that knee, what's it called again? The um, Cerebrus. The Cerebrus, he, he did he used that a lot during this match, and it, it really did work for him. So um, I thought that was probably his best like offensive maneuver this match, and it led to some good near falls. So um, he, he did it really early on the outside, right, like on the ramp. Yeah, like the, so my that, first note for this match is let's destroy the ramp. Like yeah. a lot of stuff out there, and I felt like that kind of pulled out of Yamato's usual very slow first 10 minutes of a match. So, yeah. But, yeah, like, he did it out on the ramp, but, yeah, like, I love the Cerebrus knee. I think it's a good thing for him. Mm-hmm. I really like that match. And I, I really, I hope this is not just the T-Hawk fan and me, like, speaking, but I really did like it. And I, I, I got a lot more into it than into a lot of Yamato defenses. Oh, I agree. This was, I think this is my favorite singles match of Yamato's reign. Like, I, th- I thought T-Hawk brought his side of it. Like, I thought T-Hawk did very well in this match. Mm-mm. But. Yeah. John does not agree. Um. <laughs> well, well, John, your favorite's probably still Doi, right? Yes. 
Yeah, like, and that, and that's the thing. That was the the longer Dreamgate style match, which is not my kind of bag. Like, I like. I mean, my my match. my my favorite Yamato title. Yeah, my favorite. I actually, yeah, you can do it. I gave, I gave that I gave that four and a half. So yeah, that's that was my favorite one. But anyway, it, it was a lot more brutal than I thought it was going to be as a match. Like, I'm happy that like that they like had like that really vicious mid match top battle that I couldn't tell if it was erotic or brutal. But it was a, I, I like the fact that like T Hawk like still it goes to that like he really held up his end of the deal and it's kind of sad that he's now going to be pushed down the card for a while because he he showed a lot in this match like I gave it four and a quarter it was I don't know how often we're going to see the Ragnarok I the reason why I was laughing earlier was a story that Jace told about how many times he kept on dropping poor Tomonaga on his head <laughs> in the dojo. Like, that's why I was losing it there. Cause this I just, is a terrible story. Poor Punch. Poor, it's like the first time I've ever felt bad for Punch Dominaga. So, but yeah, it, I thought it was, I thought it was a good match and I've been someone who's been critical and skeptical of T-Hawk and I felt like he did very well with it. It just was not the classic Kobe World main event. And I think yeah. it that kind of encapsulates the show. It's just, this was not a classic Kobe World. Mm-mm. Um, but what, what do you think of this match, Milo? I, I said I really liked it. I feel like it was a lot better than what... A, I mean, of course I can't, like, talk for... I can't really talk for other people, right? But given the reactions that I've seen on, on Twitter, I feel like it was a lot better than what people were, were initially expecting. Yeah. I agree. Uh, because I know that a lot of people going into this match were very cold about Seahawk, were kind of soured on Seahawk, which I can understand, right? So it, I was really pleased with how the match went, given you know the parameters of everything. Because um, Yamato went into the match not a really hot champion. Um, T-Hawk went into the match, not a really hot challenger. So this was this was not like ideal conditions to top Kobe World. And I think we've said that a hundred times before. But all in all, I think it over-delivered, which is a good thing given the show that we had underneath. Um, again, I think it suffered from the crowd, but the crowd was just like that the entire time. Um, so, you know... It was a little, I don't know how to say this. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't want to be like uh, searching for words for, for a hundred years. So yeah, no, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I think they clicked a lot better than, than I would have expected. Um, but in the end, because this has been sort of a, I don't want to say lackluster, but um, it has been a little bit of a disappointing rain, I guess, uh, for Yamato. So I think given the standards that we had, it was a, it was a good match. I really liked it. Um, and again, maybe I, I am biased towards T-Hawk, but I think he worked that match um, really well given the role that he that he was given in it. Um, 
I'm glad that I don't think there was any Verzerg interference. No, there unless wasn't. I, unless my uh, my memories betray me, but I don't think there was, which is a very good thing. Thank you. Um, so yeah, no, I um, I enjoyed it a lot more than I uh, than I expected to, and I, I'm I was very happy to see that a lot of people shared that opinion um, because the show in itself was a little bit weird. It was a little, you know, it didn't feel like a Kobe world. It had a lot of weird booking decisions. And um, I'm glad that it didn't end on a total disaster. Like, I wouldn't call this match of the year level, but it was definitely maybe my favorite Yamato defense. Um, aside from, I mean, I know I'm probably going to be the high man on like either of those matches, but I think it was either that or all the Hulk, the Hulk match got words of heart. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that it didn't like that. The show didn't end on a dud. Right. So sorry. I've, I've rambled a little bit, but that's what I thought. Guys. Yeah. Um, that I, I agree. That's good. That ended on a good match. And, it's tough to really bury a show that had two four-star matches, in my opinion, the Triangle Gate and the Dream Gate. But just the build being so lackluster, the there being real no, no real moment on the show to point to. I know it's never going to hold up up to like the like the really good, you know, Kobe Worlds. Like even when I look back at like the last decade or stuff, like it's just never going to hold up to most of the you know like you know Kobe World twenty eleven had like just that. That really good Mochizuki BB Hulk main event that I think I like more than a lot of other people, but it also had the the awesome Twin Gate match with um, God who was it? Shima and Ricochet. <laughs> Shima I Ricochet look, uh, again. Doi and, and uh, DK, right? No, that wasn't 2011. Doi would have been in Blood Warriors. Yeah, Shima Ricochet against Dragon Kid and somebody, but I don't know who his partner was. I'm going to look this up now. I just said I remember it, but I don't remember it. Uh, And I think this goes, as you look this up. Oh, it's probably, it's Pac, wasn't it? Right, yeah, Pac, yeah. Okay, I I didn't even, I didn't even have to look that up. I got, I did get it. Yeah. So, and then I also had the Tozawa Shingo Takagi match, where Tozawa finally beat, um, you know, pin Shingo clean. I just that that's the kind of stuff you're going to f- remember forever. Like this, I, I have no idea what I'm going to remember from this show, you know, six years from now. Beyond, you know, maybe my my fury at Shiba and Dragon Kid retaining their titles here, but which is not a good memory to have. Um, do you want to talk about? Do what do you, do you have a overall thoughts, Michael? Yeah. Uh, we talk about the, this kind of goes back to something I was saying before, like. This is a show that if you were just watching it, like, like let's let's call a spade and spade here. We are probably three of the most highly analytical people about Dragon Gate, and that's part of the job of the show. But if you're someone that just wants to watch a good big show, you're gonna really like this show. Like, like John had two four star matches, I had three. Like nothing sucked, but it just. It didn't have the big Kobe World moments. It if this was a Gate of Destiny, we would have been like, "That's a great Gate of Destiny. That's a great big show." But it just didn't have yeah, those I, moments. I agree. Yeah, if it was I, like a Gate of Destiny, it would have been a, it would have been a pretty good show. 
Yeah, the problem is that nothing sucked, but nothing was outstanding either. But I think we should get into the post-match stuff, because that's pretty notable. And that also transitions well into our next topic. So, um, okay. So the post-match. Um, Shingo attacked Yamato right away. Um, you know, we basically had like a big, giant, um, like a clusterfuck with all the units coming out. Um, you know, Overgeneration came out and said they were great. Maxim came out and said we we lost both their matches, but we're going to still come on top. On top, Jimmy's came out and said, you know, we've been together for six years. We're not business partners. We're family. Our bonds are unbreakable. Uh, Shingo's like, you fuckers talk talk big, but what are you talking about? Uh, Shima said, Overgeneration continues forever. Yoshino said, Maxim were just two months old, and there's no way they could disband so quick. And just went on and on and on like that. And KZ said, Tribe Vanguard would live up to their meaning of their name and remain at the Vanguard Dragon Gate. Interestingly, Yamato admitted as a unit they have not accomplished that much since they came together a year ago, even though he's the Dream Gate champion. So I, I thought that was interesting. He actually admitted that. At least like, oh, they're self-aware. Yeah. And it's like it's time to make our mark and survive the Unit Survival League, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that it, it ended up being a little better than I read it there, honestly. It was a, it was a fun little, it was a fun little, um, you know, display of, like, the all the units coming out and arguing. And like I said, it was probably the most memorable thing on the show, which is sad. The most memorable thing on the show shouldn't be the post-match. But it does set up well for the five-unit survival race. So after that, do you, do you have anything one of you guys want to say about the post-match? No, I mean, that's it. <laughs> okay. So here's what we got. The five-unit survival race. Again, all this stuff is coming from jiheartdg.com. Beginning on August 5th in Kyoto, continuing through September 16th in Osaka, all five units will participate in a league series called the five-unit survival race. During this time period, all matches between units will be considered league matches, regardless of match composition. So singles, tag, trios, eight-man, ten-man, whatever. Um, all units will participate in an equal number of matches during league play uh so it's not a tna bound for glory series situation where like some guys have five matches and some guys have like 20 um title matches dark matches and any match that also involves an unaffiliated wrestler will not be counted so in other words if it's like um kness and kanda teaming with mochizuki the match doesn't count even if all three of their opponents are like from over generation or something so everybody in the match has to be with with their from from a unit um, the bottom two ranking teams at the end of league play will face off in a unit to spans match on September 18th at Dangerous Gate. That's the next pay-per-view from the Oda War Gymnasium in Tokyo. So it's good that they actually came out and said this because people were wondering if it was going to lead to an actual unit to spans match, which it is. So um, the competence of the match will be determined by the numbers of by the amount of members of participating units. So if both units have five members or in the schedule, and one of the gut members has, like, a title match, then it'll be four versus four for the disband match. Um, so, yeah, every match involving every, every member of a unit in the match is a league match, unless, unless it's a title match. Those don't count. I'm going to give one way that I think that... One, one, one way I think they went wrong here, okay, on these rules. These rules are fine, except if if you look at the Corican card, all you have a... But, you have, you know, four league matches, matches three, four, five, and six. One of them is an elimination match. If I was going to do these rules, the elimination match would be like three points instead of one point. Because you have to go through so much more to win a fucking elimination match than you do have to win a one-fall match. 
and you could then make them like this big like a big deal like each unit only gets one elimination match or maybe two but it counts for three points like that's what i would have done so that's the one thing i think they did incorrect here i would have done i would have had the elimination matches count for more than the standard ta- than standard tags or singles but have they said we th- have they said like I talked a little bit with Jay. They haven't really announced like if it's gonna be a point system or just win percentage. So, yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying. Yeah. If I was doing, if I was doing it, that's what I would do. I do one point for. I would actually do like one point for any kind of win in a singles or tag, any kind of one fall match, but like three points for winning an elimination match. That's what I would do. Anyway, um, any other thoughts on the rules or anything? No. Not really. Okay. I'm just uh, looking forward. <laughs> So let's talk about the actual units involved and who we think. Who we think is first. Let's let's predict this. Let's predict who's going to be in the units spam match and then who's going to lose. So the participating units: the Jimmies, Berserk, Overgeneration, Tribe Vanguard, and Maximum. I'll go first. My two units I think are going to be in the units spam match. I think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna pull a swerve on us and put a unit that nobody expects. I think it's gonna be the two worst units in Dragon Gate. I think it's gonna be Overgeneration and Tribe Vanguard. So that way you don't. You really have no idea who's gonna lose that unit to spam match. And I think at the end of the day, Tribe Vanguard is gonna survive. And interestingly enough, and this is why I think they're gonna be in this. Yamato would not be. Would probably not be available in this match because Yamato would be defending the Dream Gate. So Tribe Vanguard would have to defend their unit without Yamato and prove they actually can do something without Yamato. I think they come out I think they come out on top. I think they survive. And I think they over generation disbands. That's my prediction. What do you think, Milo? Um It's not I mean at this point is it is it a matter of what I think or a matter of what I want? Okay, well if I if I was gonna pick what I want, I want Berserk to lose, but let's 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 predict what we think is gonna happen. Um. Honestly, I don't know. Actually, I kind of want Overgeneration to lose too. I don't. I want them both to lose. <laughs> I think like I'm really hell bent on Berserk eventually disbanding this year. Like they should be careful because I'm going to be in Japan, and if Berserk isn't disbanded by the end of the summer, I can find them and I can kill them. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> honestly i um i don't really know like i feel like i i really want berserk to disband but on a pure like if if you kind of like try to take them out of the equation i think over generation as, as a unit is the one that has run its course the most because um you know Tribe Vanguard as a unit doesn't really have a gimmick, right? Yeah. Overgeneration does, and they're doing nothing with it. Right. What I would have really liked with Overgeneration is rotating the young boys that are in it. Yeah. Overgeneration doesn't need Eita and Yamamura anymore, and Yamamura and Eita don't need Overgeneration anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why they're still in that unit is a mystery to me. Um. So just for the sake of that, I think over generation are probably going to be on the losing end of the, um, I was going to say summer adventure Tadley on the, (laughs) (laughs) on the, of the um, the unit thingy. Unit survival Uh, race. Yeah. Thank you. The unit survival (laughs) race. 
but also I don't really like I kind of fear for the Jimmies. <laughs> so I kind of want to say Jimmies versus over generation. I don't think they would do like I feel like a um um a logical climax would be Jimmy's versus Maximum, but I don't think that they want to put Maximum in a losing unit disbands match this early into their lifespan. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't like out on a limb. I'm going to say either Jimmy's versus reserved or Jimmy's versus over generation. Um, but either with, way, Jimmy survive with the unit. That's not the Jimmy's disbanding. Okay. What do you, what do you think, Michael? You see, I I think they have been playing up a lot at, in post-match promos about how Doyoshi are a little skittish about Big R Shimizu's bad luck because Shimizu talking his way into both Dia Hearts and uh, and Mac and Monster Express disbanding, even though Monster Express disbanded really was because they ran their course and they were weak for the last year and a half of their existence. But uh, I think that your final two teams would be Maximum versus Overgeneration with Overgeneration losing. I completely agree with Milo. Like, if they were rotating, like, they've already rotated, like, Shun, Hyo, into Overgeneration, I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, they're still fulfilling their purpose because they've graduated all their original OGers out. Like, but they haven't. Like, Ada and Yamamura can provide so much more to, like, Tribe Vanguard right now than they can just being stagnant over generation. My dream scenario actually is all the units but Jimmy's and Maximum breaking up, and we have a complete reshuffle here, but I don't think that's <laughs> going to... I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I do think that Berserk's now kind of long in the tooth. Like, they've now really shuffled out a lot of the people that made it count in the beginning... And it's now just Shingo Takagi and his minions. And it's getting kind of tiresome, but I don't know if you could really ever turn Shingo Takagi face again, at least over the next few years. So, but, but, uh, I'm rambling. But, uh, Verserk's going to survive this because heals units traditionally don't lose. You disband matches. Jimmy's. I think they're going to play up the fact that the Jimmy's are going to go for Crazy Max's longest unit tenure i so i think they're going to survive that and i think it'd be really weak for try vanguard to lose with yamato probably defending the title so it kind of has to be yeah. over generation right yeah so and who do you have them who do you have beating them maximum i think okay. they're going to play up the uh, oh I, I got it yeah you did just say that sorry yeah i think they're gonna okay. play that up so yeah but I'm, I'm really stoked for this like this is the most exciting thing that dragon gate has done all year so hopefully they pull it off. Okay. So the five. Yeah. I mean, I agree that this is basically when you're talking about the worst year of all time, you know, I, I think right now this is it. And someone was like, well, what about 2010? And I was like, well, 2010 to me was saved by the back half of the year. So this is it for Dragon Gate. This is the back half of the year mm-hmm. that needs to save 2017. Like, like 2010's back half, I think saved it to a degree. So, um, you, you know, this is if this five unit survival race isn't very good. This is this is going to go down as an all time. I mean, uh, it's yeah. still going to go down as one as one of the worst happy years ever. But they better fucking pull their shit together here. 
All right, so with that theme, let's talk about the next Cork and Hall show, August 8th at Kurrigan, Scandalgate 2017. This is, of course, a show that I'm going to. Of I'm very excited. Had to throw that in there. <laughs> the elimination. Look, they put an elimination match in the main event just for me, because that's my favorite fucking type of match in Dragon Gate by a mile. It doesn't, they, they haven't specified what type of elimination match yet. They just said it'll be decided at a later date. But they could pick any fucking type they want. They can pick straight up Naniwa. They can do the, one of the loser revives matches. Whatever. I will be happy. I just, I really want to, I love elimination matches in Dragon Gate, really in wrestling in general, but especially in Dragon Gate. So thank you guys for doing that for me. I'm, uh, I'm giving you a, I'm pounding my chest for you right now. Um, so let's talk about the actual card here. The opening match. So the first two matches are not uh, Unit Survival Race League matches because they both involve unaffiliated players. The opener is another veteran versus young boy match. It is Masaki Mochizuki, Gamma, Sachihoko Boy against Shun Skywalker, Yuki Yoshioka, and Katsumi Takashima getting a spot here. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good to see Takashima's feeling better. You know, I mean... He, it's always gonna be touch and miss. it's gonna be touch and mess with him, and it's good that he's back. And maybe Yoshio, we have two of the worst gear people in a match with him, so maybe he pulls out some nice duds and brings up the bad gear team. Um, but yeah, so that's the opener. Match two: Jimmy Kanda, Jimmy Kanas, JKS against Don Fuji and your boy Michael Kiyowatanabe. This, this is the Mike Spears special right here. You have like four <laughs> of my favorite people in Dragon Gate in one match. Like, could we maybe see the revival of who he, uh, of Fujibaya here? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, um. So then we get into the Unit Survival Race League matches. So all these matches count for the Unit Survival Race. Match three: CK one against Genki Horiguchi. And Jimmy Kagatora is a non-title match. Did not need to see a CK1 tag on my show. Um, thank you for that, Shima. <laughs> anyway, I, I assume CK1's winning, but who knows? No one wants to talk about this? Who cares at this point? <laughs> match four, a good old-fashioned six-man. Eita, Takahiro Yamamura, and Kaito Ishida, the, probably the best team over generations capable of fielding. Against mm-hmm. Young Maximum, Katoka, Big Archimedes, and Ben K. So it's this is all. Gonna this is gonna. This is gonna rule really hard. It's an all young guy six man tag. I'm very excited for this. It's gonna be the lads. All the lads are in the ring together. Yep. Uh, match five again. Giving. Give, okay. This is where I'm like, are you booking this specifically for me? <laughs> Probably my two. My two all time favorite Dragon Gate teams. First of all, Ryosuka, Jimmy Susumu and Ryu Jimmy Saito, who don't team that often anymore, really. Like, maybe a couple times a year, and almost never on tape, taking on Speed Muscle, Doi, and Yoshino. Like, this is a match personally booked for me. So, again, thank you very much for this match. I'm so excited to see this in the semi-main event spot. I put they're, they're going to tear it down. Very excited for this. So, so is this um, the John Carroll second home homecoming <laughs> show? I guess so, because Jesus... Like that one is that one is like even more than doing an elimination match in the main. It's like Ryosuke never fucking team together anymore. So that's like and they're, they're probably my all time favorite Dragon Gate team. So and they're facing my second all time favorite Dragon Gate team, Dorin Yoshino. So like I am very excited for this. Thank you very much 
to whoever booked this. And in the main event, the elimination match, it is Tribe Vanguard, Yamato, BB Hulk, KZ, and Yosuke Santa Maria take on Berserk, Shingo Takagi, T-Hawk, Takashi Yoshida, and El Lindeman. Again, elimination match type will be decided at a later date. I don't see how this isn't going to rule. I mean, this is... The elimination match in Dragon Gate are almost always really good. Uh, yeah, both sides... Yeah, talk to me when Shingo pins Yamato and sets up a title title challenge. <laughs> Beyond Milo's hatred of Shingo, I think this is going to be a really okay, fun John, match. John, 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 <laughs> John, Jonathan, Johnny Boy. <laughs> Listen. Is your name even Jonathan? It's not, it, is it? It is not, and I'm also not a boy, so. <laughs> I know. That was an expression, John. I, I know. You know that was an ex- You know that was All a right. saying. And not a like, not a designation. <laughs> okay. It was like stayed old in Pony Boy. It was, but- it was two ina- two inaccuracies is all I'm saying. But continue, John. <laughs> if you had a middle name, if I knew your middle it's jo- name, it's I- Joseph. Okay, John Joseph Carroll. Listen to me right now. Yes, I got that, I got that song so many times. By the way, if you're wondering, what's what song? Now, don't worry about it. Keep going. Okay. This is not even about my hatred of Shango, right? I want you to look me, like, metaphorically look me in the eye. Mm-hmm. I can and look at tell me, And tell me that you would be okay with another Shango title reign at this moment. I don't, I don't really want him to have another title reign, but I don't think he's going to, so it's fine. If he has a cha- I'm okay with having a title challenge, which I think... I'm he's- not! Okay, well, I mean, I, he's, not gonna, he's not beating him out of the title, so don't worry about it. But anyway, so this elimination match is going to be fucking awesome. I'm very excited for it. I'm excited to see Maria and KZ in a main event. I'm excited to see Linda Man in a main event. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the bright side. Yeah, I'm excited to see Hulk and Shingo, who still have proved once again they still have amazing chemistry together. So um, I, I, I have nothing. Like, that's the only, honestly the best shit that, that Hulk has done since he come back. It's all been with Shingo. So I'm, I'm very excited to see more Hulk and Shingo. And this is a great main event. I'm really excited for it. You know, Hulk and Shingo are, are a lot like Voldemort and Harry Potter. <laughs> Neither one can live while the other survives. <laughs> Shingo is Voldemort, of course. Um, d- thank you. I had no idea that that's what you were going to say. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited for this match. I've said that like a ten times, but um, I'm, I'm really, really thrilled to get to see this kind of elimination match live. So mm. anybody else have any thoughts on this card? I think it's a pretty cool card. Uh, when is that? Next uh, week from Tuesday. So, what's the what's the day number? Eight, August eighth. August eighth. That's cool. That's gonna be like the first Karakuen that I can actually catch uh, live in a while. Oh wow! Same. So, you, yeah. so are we gonna are we gonna get are we gonna am I gonna get up with the two of you like? In the middle of the night for you guys and talk about the show after right after it right afterwards that we're gonna do. When when are you coming back? Oh, not for a long time, like twenty the twenty first. I'm saying we could Skype from Japan. Right after uh, the sure, show. Sure, if you can find a time for it. I could do it right like, after the show. I just get, I'm like ten minutes away from Hurricane. If if you can do it right after the show, that would be like a perfect time for me because it would be like the middle of the day. But oh I'm yeah, not sure. like, okay. That's Mike. Can, Mike. Mike, can you do it? Yeah, I'm on break. Okay, great. Let's, let's fucking do it. I, 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 John live from Japan. J- John live from Japan. Michael live at 5 a.m. 
<laughs> and Milo finally recording at an acceptable hour. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we're going to book that, everybody. And, and I'll have guests with me, too, because I'll have, I'll have at least Mort with me. I think a lot of other people. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. That's gonna be that's gonna be a star-studded. I'm a, sad I did. A star-studded episode of Open the Voice Gate, everybody. Look out for that. A very Next, special. Yeah, a very special episode of Open the Voice Gate. Oh Jesus! An over a week. It's gonna be like imagine Open the Voice Gate, but if we all did copious amounts of speed beforehand. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be high on life. I'm gonna be in Japan. I'm I'm high on life right now just thinking about it. So imagine while I'm there. John and right then, now is reenacting the musical number of You Make My Dreams Come True from 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> so I'm going to come back. I'm going to go to Currican. I'm going to come right back to the room. We're going to blast out a show on just on that Currican. So no questions, no retro, because I can't, I can't be up all night doing it. And then I'm going to be up all night. Well, wait a second. Then I'm going to close my laptop, and I'm going to head to Shibuya, and I'm going to go to some Japanese clubs. That's what I'm going to do. John, so. John, <laughs> I saw you. I saw you talking about going to arcades, right? Um, please don't get indebted to the yakuza. I'm try. I try hard. Please, I can't okay. like it. I can't. We we can't afford to like save you. Okay. Well, I'm weak. I went. I went, I went to lots. I went to lots of arcades last year. I didn't get inducted in no Yakuza. Okay. No, I'm just like, honestly, I'm just afraid because I watched a movie that involved Yakuza a few days ago. And one 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 guy that like messed with them was kept in a body bag with his guts hanging out. So I was like, oh, maybe not. I'm not going to do that. So don't worry. Please don't. I'm just going to go there and play some sound Voltex. Like he was alive, but his guts were still hanging out. All right. Out. <laughs> Uh, I just want to make that very, very necessary distinction. I, I, anyway, that's a valid thing. Don't uh, watch Japanese movies. Uh, but yeah, uh, that should be a lot of fun. I'll be heavily caffeinated, guys, because <laughs> I, I yeah. But no, this card, getting back to this card, like this is one of the more exciting Corkins in a while. There's a little bit something for everyone, you know, like yeah. I, like we get some old people beating up on kids, uh, we get the we get the uh, big cats in action. I mean, I love seeing Rokoska come back. I mean, the lads are together, and I'm gonna call a shot right here. It's going to be a Yoshida style elimination match. Okay, that's my call shot for the week. All right, I was, I was right about the nut shots. I'll be right about this. I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah. So anyway, um, it, that's baby. that's August eighth at Kurikin. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll be live. I will be live from Japan. Apparently, both my co-hosts will be with me to my to my shock, and hopefully the internet connection in my apartment's good enough to do Skype. Which we'll see. Basically, and, and if um, not, Milo and I will just open the fashion gate. Okay. All um, right. All right. We will. Damn so right. That's, so that's it for Kurikin. Um We got some questions, right? Let's blow through these because I got I got more packing to do. Yeah, um, I got DET to <laughs> Japan to watch. I got stuff to do and more laundry to do. I think. John, it really makes me worried how like stressed out you are about packing for three weeks. I'm not that. I'm not stressed out. I just okay. I'm not taking a. I'm only taking a carry on. I'm not checking on bag. So. If I'm stressed out, it's about getting all this shit to fit in my fucking carry-on. 
Fair enough. Um, suitcases are small. Like yeah, I know. I know. Especially once it's going to be our flights too. Yeah. Well, I guess the good thing with traveling in in like the summer is that you don't have to pack like yeah fake clothes like exactly. sweaters and stuff. So so like it, I think I'll be okay, but it's been a tight fit already, and I still got a couple more things to put in it. So do you we'll have see. a carry on and a backpack? Yeah, carry on and a backpack. It'll like a little carry bag actually. Uh-huh. All right, so let's uh, let's get into these questions. Yep, I got them pulled up. Shall we do this? Yep, go ahead. All let's right. do it. Yeah, we're going to speed around these questions this time. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Hit our it. first question is from front of the program, Alan the Rogue. And, Yay! and he asks Love us, Rogi asks us, how do you think Dragon Gate would be like if a few unit disbands <laughs> matches went the other way? I.e. Junction 3 and Blood Warriors or Mad Blanky Splitting? I, I haven't... Like, how the fuck should I know? It's basically my answer to this question. Um, a better question is, what would I have done yeah. if, like, like fancy book it? Because I don't fucking know what would have happened. Who knows what would have happened? But if I was going to fancy book the... I'll, I'll just take the Junction Blood Warriors one. Yeah. If... If Junction had won, I think you could have done the exact same thing almost because Blood Warriors ended up turning into Mad Blanky anyway. It just would have been a question of what to do with Junction. And um, and that's why I think they went in that direction because I really have no good idea how you split up Junction unless they had lost that match. So I would assume maybe maybe have Yamato turn heel immediately mm-hmm. instead of waiting that extra year if a fucking shitty-ass Akatsuki. So... Maybe you could just have Yamato turn heel on them and go on to form what, what would become Mad Blanky. But um, I don't know if that would still be a good enough reason for the whole unit to break up, given how big it was. So you probably need at least one other guy to turn heel with them. So my pick would be Yoshino. Yamato and Yoshino turn heel mm. and and leave Junction 3 to form, you know, alternate universe Mad Blanky, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. So that's, that's what I, and that's how Junction 3 breaks up and... Maybe maybe we end up with a unit that's not as bad as Akatsuki. God, that one was of the shittiest man. one of the shittiest units of all time. It's right up there, right up there with Shin M two K. You know, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to touch on the Mad Blanky disbanding, and in the, you know, in this case, in like alternate universe DG Mad Blanky not disbanding. Is I do wonder if that would have led to the Shingo Hill turn still. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, would Shingo still have turned heel and just, like, either joined or straight up taken over Mad Blanky and maybe uh, turning someone face in the process? Or would See, Shingo- that's, the, that's the problem, though. Well, you're, you're, you're really touching upon the problem with this question. It's all these unit breakups directly led to something that I feel like needed this to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the problem with this question. I yeah, I was going to say, like, would Shingo, like, have been just stuck in um, in unpopular babyface hell for the rest of his career. I, I doubt it. I think they would have turned him heel eventually, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, Mad Blanky, probably, if they won, they would probably become, like, one of the most beloved units, though. Like, because Doi and, y- and Yamato were already turning face by then. You know, so... Yeah, they were already super They were already super popular, it's true. Yeah, that, that would have been interesting. You know, the, the, ac- the actual turns would still take a while after that, mm. but they were super popular. Yeah. But, I mean, wasn't... Wasn't the whole reason Mad Blanky disbanded that they were literally like too popular for a heel unit? Um, like, wasn't that a big? Part yes. Of the- no, no, no. That, that that was a huge part of the reason. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. 
They would have had to turn face eventually. It would have been interesting more what would have happened to those Jimmy members at the time. I would, I would have found it interesting if, if you actually finally had a heel. Like, we haven't had a heel unit turn face since basically the Toriumon days. Because yeah. you did have that happen. Crazy Max basically turning face. Do Fixer turning face. Italian Connection having the split and turning face. Mm-hmm. So it would have been cool to have a... It would have been cool to have finally just a heel unit turn face for the first mm-hmm. time in a million years. But then you would have had to have a new heel unit, so... I guess why they don't do, that's why they don't do that anymore. Yeah, you. I, I think the most interesting thing out of that was you turn Mad Blanky face and you can maybe form a heel unit. Still, you probably still would have Takagi as leader of the heel unit, but you probably have like Jimmy's. Yeah, Takagi. People have the, the Jimmy is like you could get Kness being heel again. I mean, pull Kness out of Mad well, Blanky. Yeah, Kness was a Mad Blanky. Yeah, so, yeah, Kness was the reason that Mad Blanky failed. But yeah, like. Yeah. It, like Mm-mm. that's that's what I found interesting is what would have happened to what became Berserk out of that. Yeah, but yeah, mm. the, it's an interesting question and one that probably would have been better if we we weren't speed routing it. But let's get to the next one. Uh, <laughs> Abrasive Obelisk asks us if you could change one non T Hawk CK one and Doi booking decision this year, what it would be and why? I okay, have- easy, easy, easy answer for me. Um, KZ challenging for the Brave Gate instead of yes. instead of uh, Flamita at, at yeah. Kobe World. I already ranted and raved forever about how fucking pissed off I was with that decision to have Flamita challenge and why it was stupid. So I won't reiterate that again. But easy answer: KZ challenging mm-hmm. based on the based on not being able to include those people. That's the easy the next one. Uh, I got yeah. a, I got a quick one. I would have had Yoshino come back quickly, screw over Doi, and become the number two in Berserk. Uh, I don't know because they, they weren't gonna boo. They weren't gonna boo him they, after he just came back from injury. Uh, but but like, I'm saying he does not. Okay, how about he does not get injured? He goes into berserk. That, okay, well, that, that's not change your booking change then. I mean, he, that, well, it, he's, he's, the booking change. He, he's Mike is rebooking Yoshino's life. Okay. <laughs> I'm rebooking his life because I'm rebooking his life into becoming friends with me. Okay? Okay? Okay. You want to take a ride around town in Yoshino's cool car? Yeah, we'd watch baseball together. You know, you know? maybe he'll take you to the, maybe he'll take you to like a drive-in mov- horror movie and hold your hand. Wait. It, oh, I, that's, no, that's <laughs> what I want. Milo, is your pick also my pick or do you have another one? Um, I would do, uh, yeah, either Casey getting the Brave Gate shot or... Even bet I, I'll I'll do you one better. Um, I would have Linda Man winning the title from Ata instead oh, I see. Of, instead mm. of ha- having the whole um, tournament, um, you know, va- uh, vacating the title tournament thing. And I would have had uh, Casey versus Linda Man at Kobe World. That's pretty cool. That would have been even though even, even if it match. means separate even if it means sacrificing Kagetora's reign, which I really hope Phil is not. Yeah, I was gonna say Phil's coming. Phil's coming with me, so he might, he might like, uh, he might have fighting words for you in the next podcast. I love Phil. (laughs) He's gonna have fighting words. But yeah, no, I mean, I love so. Yeah, that's that's like one of my one of my things. Or otherwise, I would have. I I would just have Casey versus Katatora because fuck me, that would be a great match. Um, But Casey Lindemann, it's really intriguing. Now I'm thinking about it. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah um and also i mean i know it hasn't really come up but i i definitely would have had um 
um, Ata and Oriamora um, leaving over generation in some way. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's next to last question. Next to last question from Champ Julius, and, and let's just get, be quick about this one because it has a lot of components. Pretend the Jimmys are forced to disband. Where do you see each of them ending up? Let's start from so, the top. Here's here's the, yeah here's the easy way to do this. Wait wait wait, say well, that again. I didn't get all of that. Pretend the Jimmys are forced to disband. Where do you see no. each of them going? Okay. No. So let's, here's let's, my answer. Let's, no. Let's pretend they are forced. They they lose the Jimmys league. No. They all have they all have to go to a new unit. We'll just rotate around each pick. So instead of all of us doing every guy, each of us will do one guy. I'll go first. Jimmy Susumu, Berserk. No! I want to see a Susumu heel run. God damn it. He has not really been heel other than like two months in 2009 since the end of Toyomon. So I want to see a real Susumu heel run again. All right. Uh, Michael, go Ryo Saito. Uh, Ryo Saito... Oh, you see, I was going to say for Zerf for Ryo Saito, but let's not do that. Uh, Ryo Saito goes to Maximum. He becomes one of the lads. Okay. That, I, I, could, I could see it. Um, Milo. Kness. Ooh. Mm, Kness forms a dad unit with Mochizuki and Fuji. <laughs> That's a great choice, actually. Because they, the, they, they were the Detsurins before, so that'd be, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, quick okay. sidebar. Real quick sidebar. Zetterins. Best a non-formal unit of all time? Yes, probably. Yeah, sorry. I just um, wanted to add that in. It's either, it's either them or the uh, the Kness and Araiwa thing oh. that was going on for a little while. Before that, I guess kind of became Windows, but not really. Cause You're striking my heart there. You lost was already gone. That, that trio was awesome. Yeah, it was. Okay, so <laughs> next Jimmy is, um, let's, say, let's say Genki Horiguchi. I'm going to take Genki... I don't want to see Genki's a heel again. It's just I don't I don't need to see that again. So let's put Genki with hmm. let's put Genki with Tribe Vanguard. I feel like he never has teamed with any of those people. I think it'd be interesting. Um, Camo Tassels. Yeah, that'd be Camo Tassels. That'd be awesome. Jimmy Kagatora, Michael, go ahead. You see, Jimmy Kagatora isn't a great heel. Like he's been a heel a lot, but he's never really been like. Well, he hasn't been a heel. He hasn't been a heel in Dragon Gate in like years and years and years, and both times it's like less than a month. Yeah, so I guess. So I guess for Zerk for him, let's see him because he because he's a great. He was a great heel in Kowloon. So yeah. So yeah, let's give him for Zerk. Okay, and Milo Jimmy Conda. I I think. Oh, see, that's the one that I really want to see heel again. Oh, oh wow! I, like, I thought you were gonna put. I'm it sorry, dad. but I like. I'm a very like. I'm a disgusting person <laughs> who is like extremely attracted to Kanda and his deep drunkard's face when he was like <laughs> disgusting and dripping in alcohol all the time. <laughs> but I, I'm like extremely attracted to him when he's like that, and it's something that I like. It's something that I cannot deny about myself. Like sometimes you just have to accept it. Um. He's so yeah, if, too. yeah. If if I was gonna turn any of the Jimmy's heel, if they were done to disband, it, w- it would be Conda. Okay, because I thought you were gonna but, put him with but, the dads. But dude, like I love Conda too much to put him in Berserk. So you know, I don't know. But Deep uh, Drunkers yeah. returns. <laughs> Deep Drunkers returns. No. <laughs> all right. Anyway, but that was that was fun. And yeah, I'm that's glad a- we all got to. Yeah, that's that a, a great question. question. Yeah, we've had some thank, interesting questions you, this time. Thank you, Champ Julius. 
All right, the last one uh, from EX Penalty Kick. Uh, will Shun Skywalker be able to upgrade his gear as he moves up the ranks? Kind of like a JRPG hero upgrading his armor. Sure, why not? I hope so. <laughs> Nothing would be I as hope... bad as this. Yeah, let's, let's, let's say sure. Let's be optimist and say yes. Milo, Milo doesn't have any thoughts on this, so... Sorry, I didn't hear. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. It's not really much of a question anyway. I was looking for something. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, should... Oh, go ahead. Will Shun Skywalker be able to upgrade his gear as he moves up the ranks? Kind of like a JRPG hero upgrading his armor. I mean, I fucking hope so. <laughs> that was Michael's answer, too. That's exactly what I okay. said. <laughs> All right, so that, that that was a cool round of questions this time. Thank you to all of our all of our regular listeners for sending in some questions. Remember, if you want to send us questions too, if you're listening to us right now and you're like, I have a question, just go to all you have to do is tweet us at Open Voicegate. So no no the at Open Voicegate, or you can email them Open the Voicegate at gmail dot com. No one ever does that, but it exists. Open the Voicegate at gmail dot com if you want to email us questions. Um, okay, so... And follow that, us there. Follow us, please. Yeah, follow, follow us, I guess. I don't like your shit if you follow us or not, honestly. <laughs> open Voice Gate, everybody, if you want to follow us. At Open Voice Gate. Um, so that was another episode of Open the Voice Gate. You people are getting even more spoiled because we're going to be back a week from Tuesday <gasps> with, me, with me live in, me live in Japan, me already on the other side of the planet in a great country, not... A- shitty country a shitty country that elected an asshole president i'm gonna escape it for two and a half whole weeks escape a shitty country where the emoji movie just beat atomic blonde it looks like that piece <laughs> of shit if you need another reason to hate america that fucking emoji movie that has like a had a zero percent on rotten tomatoes for a while looks like it's the number one movie of the weekend so another reason to hate america anyway <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> Fuck America. I'm going to be in Japan and I can't wait. I'm going to, go, going to be drinking lots of the cold Japanese beer and I can't wait to drink some Asahi and some Kirin. Even some Suntory, which isn't as good, but still good. And I will be live to you from Kirk and Hall. Well, not from Kirk and Hall. From, like ten, from my Airbnb about 10 minutes outside of Kirk and Hall. A 10 minute walk, which is really cool. So I'm going to walk back. going to host a podcast my two buddies here we'll have probably lots of guest stars i don't i, I don't know i haven't you know, asked, i haven't asked I, everybody yet who that who's gonna do it but i assume like more and phil and i maybe todd martin everybody if you know who that is todd martin, todd martin wow we're gonna have to get some like ground <laughs> ground rules so people aren't all talking over each other <laughs> i have no idea who that is i'll explain well, it off and- <laughs> But honestly, like after we put out this episode and the one, uh, the one like from, uh, I, I, I'm gonna say next week is that's the best, uh, yeah. best way to say. It like we're cool. gonna have to take a three month hi- hiatus. Like we gotta keep up our brand. That's too many episodes. <laughs> three episodes in four weeks, guys. Yeah, that is a lot for us. And I'm gonna be back tomorrow doing omakase. I'm doing like a million fucking podcasts. It doesn't even matter that I'm on the other side of the planet. This is how much I love you, the listener. So, um, oh, wow. Show your love back John, to me. John, the leader of the people. Show your love back to me. Um, I don't know how. Just just tell me you love me. I crave your, I crave your affection. Wow. Uh, anyway. 
I don't know. I was just trying to think of something. Like, I don't have a Patreon to plug or anything. Yeah. So what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do here? Just just send me a Valentine or something. I don't know. Well, I try to get, a, get right. people to follow our Twitter account, John, and you shot that yeah. down. I get to follow our Twitter at Open Voice Gate. Okay. So for Michael, for Milo, this is Open the Voice Gate. The last episode from this side of the planet, at least on my part, until hopefully ever, but probably not ever. I probably do have to return to the stupid country. <laughs> but um, thank you for listening. And I'll, you'll, next time you hear me, I'll be in Japan. John, Bye, I can't, everybody. I can't, yeah. What? What's up? I was going to say, I can't believe we're going to miss each other about like a week. That is really ridiculous. Yeah. Milo's, Milo's going to Japan like August 30th, everybody. So I'm, I, I leave August 21st. So... Yeah, that is kind of crazy. But what can you do? That's how life works sometimes. Anyway, mm-hmm. for John, for for myself, I don't know why I said my, for me, for Milo, for Michael. Bye bye. Later, haters. <laughs> Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk turkey sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.